Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the AEW Rampage Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. Is it Fighter Fest week two or is it just normal Rampage? Fighter Fest part four. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dubai. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to look ahead to AW Rampage tonight. But first, back for one week only, Michael Sidgwick, give me a beat. No. <clears throat> back for one week, it's the Rampage Rap. Tonight we see if Daniels has still got a good snap. Baker... <laughs> Baker and Hater, team once more. No one's watching, but it's still better than... Monday Night Raw! Will Moriarty join the baddies? Talking Silver and Page with both of my daddies. Austin or Caster, who'll get the acclaim? On with the pod, or in the words of Tamina... It's time to play the game! Fire in the booth? No. <laughs> You said you were going to join us just for that. Is that inconvenient to stick around? I mean, I might as well. No, I had no, no I'm here anyway. It's a long way downstairs to the main <laughs> office. It's a long way downstairs. And we figured we'd give the listeners, the loyal listeners, oh. um, an additional Friday treat. Because yeah. this is the last time you'll hear all three of us together for a long ass time. For absolutely ages. Uh, yeah, I've gone holiday for two weeks. All going well. And then um, me and Havla are going on holiday together. Oh, I wish. I'm not. It's family holiday instead. Uh, Where are you yeah. going? Uh, we're just going down to uh, where are we going? It's in the UK. We're just going to like the like Lancashire area. We're going to go have a load of day trips and stuff like that. That's that's yeah. nice. Oh uh, yeah, I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's like one of the few times a year I like. You don't like abroad holidays, do you? I like going to America. I don't like going to abroad in the traditional sense. Mediterranean. Yeah. Like, Why not? I don't like loads of reasons. Loads of reasons, and let's talk about them now. I don't like. <laughs> uh, I don't like not doing much on a holiday. So, like, when we go away, we'll be just doing loads of day trips. I'm not, a, I'm not one of them outdoorsy people. I don't want uh, this being mis- misrepresented as I'm, like, a good and interesting person. I don't want to go, like, on towers and stuff. I'm not talking about, like, come on, kids, let's go on bikes and climb a mountain. I couldn't do Santa Parks either for the I same love Santa Parks. Yeah. Mm. I don't like other people's bodies or skin, and there's loads <laughs> of it. Like, I don't, I don't even like, like, sort of UK festivals or, like, big outdoor days, the air show and that, when people have got the tops off drinking Fosters. That, I, I don't like other people's bodies. Don't like them. Like... Really like all of it. Really puts me off. Too much, too much skin. Don't like it. As a result, I don't like that smell of suntan lotion. Gives me these like. Also had a terrible, 
Christ, I hope they're not listening. Um, terrible holiday uh, to Lanzarote doing one of these holidays once, and all you do is sit by the pool. I don't like that people have to argue over those sunbeds and the towels and all that, like, political stuff. Ugh. It's just, I, I just wouldn't want to, like... And this is not a slight on people that enjoy these holidays, by the way. I'm very aware I'm yeah. in the minority. Like, people love them. Um, I don't actually like excessive heat, so, like, this week's not been ideal. <laughs> uh, if I could pick a temperature, it would be cold over hot. Um, what else? You love absolutely smashing a big jug of Mythos in, like, oh. 30 degrees by the pool, knowing that you get the buzz of some alcohol and the freedom. Only if I could do it completely in the, alone. In the luxury. Completely alone. If I could, if I could do that uh, in a... Um, a premier in bedroom by myself with a packet of crisps and telly for a week. Now you're talking. But the whole point of Mythos is that it's magic because it's not the nicest beer, not even the nicest lager beer, but it's so massive, it's so cold, it's in the scorching heat, and you drink it, and you have another one, and then it's like half 12, and you're not really feeling drunk because you're too hot, and yeah. it's a holiday drunk, it's just there's a buzz to it. I like getting food drunk in America. <laughs> I like eating more than is feasible. Like, if I could go to some bland American state and eat Hot Pockets, like that that'd be, I'd get the same. like lovely seafood in the Mediterranean in the Med? Like grilled octopus, like a really nice cook. You know just a me, nice man. Riff. I'm, I'm like, I'd rather go to a little chef and have I'm a Olympic breakfast. I'd rather go to like a little chef and have an Olympic breakfast. Do you know what I mean? I'm, like I'm, the, do you know why they call it Olympic breakfast? Well, like, so they they call it an Olympic breakfast, and it's supposed to be like that. You know the old days where it would be like, eat like a champion, where in reality, it's like, never touch that stuff, otherwise you can never be an athlete. Like, so they would call it Olympic breakfast. It's just like, I think it's eggs, bacon, mushrooms. Like, there's five, and it's supposed to be like, you know, for each of the Olympic That's rings. what Michael Phelps said. Yeah, the, yeah. the old... The old joke used to be, a little chef, uh, they call it an Olympic breakfast because it's made in ancient Greece. <laughs> Which is good, Pat. I like that. I'll give him that. Um... <laughs> It's good, that. <laughs> yeah, little that. chef band is good, good yeah, for me. Yeah, going to take that away for the weekend. Yeah. Um, oh, is that what context uh, <laughs> yes. it? Hey, 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 love, should we have another big breakfast? What are you talking about? Well, <laughs> remember Little Chef? The old-fashioned form of restaurants. I, it's, it just, it doesn't, it's like the opposite of a holiday. I'd be really sad while I was there. I'd be dying to come home. Or I'd like, think, well, should I get myself away early and get the house nice while the wife and kids have a lovely time there? Like, I just, I couldn't think of anything worse. Just love a pool. You spray food. that. Nice holiday spray thing, and it, that's what that smell makes me think of, and I just ooh, brings me out in highs. Like, I don't like other people on holiday. I don't like holiday friends. They don't want to make holiday friends. People do that, though, don't they? Yeah. I'm not. No, I'm you not saying to, you. You don't have to. No pressure. No pressure. I know. You don't have to. Feels like a lot of pressure. Just jump and swim in the pool. The only pressure I want on a holiday is that bit when you first arrive at an American airport and you're nervous because everybody's in power has got guns and you just <laughs> want to get through and enjoy the nice place and spend some money in their culture. But it's like, wow, these really scary people are making me paranoid that I'm not going to get through the gate. Whilst you two were just talking there, I've emailed the bosses and got around the world in 80 dads approved. It's you two going around the world <laughs> together. I want to see this. I'm fascinated now. The, like, we could do cooking with music. We realised this when you were off last week. The conversations that we got into on food and music would in itself be one series of podcasts or videos, I think, wouldn't it? Sidgwick teaches me to cook, and then like we work through like a Metallica back catalogue or something. Yeah, I love that. I like Sidgwick picks the food, and I pick the music, and we both like are dragged kicking and screaming out the things we actually enjoy. We've already run the podcast game. Now we're taking out a shot of brandy as well, is it? Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I'm in. Uh, right, let's talk about Rampage then, Sige. Ooh. And the, the biggest story <laughs> dominating... We're not in the, the mid-roll yet before Chris Daniels match. Well, let's talk about the thing you, I'm most looking forward to, obviously, and that's the rap battle. Max Caster versus Austin Gunn. 
I'm worried this is going to be a massacre. Well, it'll. I reckon it's going to go one of two ways, right? Where is it, Colton? Yes, Colton's going to either be horrific on purpose. Oh no, sorry, it's Austin. Sorry, Austin. Austin is going to be horrific on purpose, and that's the joke. It's very WWE. Or like they've teased him being rubbish. Maybe he's got something in the chamber where he's actually going to be quite good. I think he's got chops. He's going to have chops, but then Caster's going to be even better than him. And as a result, you thought he'll deliver his best material. Look, this should be fun. I'm still getting very worn out by AEW's insistence on just taking ages to do out, Mm. right? Like, they could have wrapped all of this up in like a month-long cycle. Like, if you think of the amount of times if I'd write, here's 15 seconds of the gun club, uh, and that's something else. It just, like, just did all of it in a month. Who needs this to go longer than a month? Mm. Do this, the turn face, um, do a match, and have the acclaimed go on the, the, the babyface tag team run. I'm, I'm a bit joyless with AEW's capital W, capital C, wholesome content at the minute. AEW loves wholesome content. I like some of it. Mileage varies on this sort of thing, particularly in the context of professional wrestling. So people who like the acclaim don't necessarily like Danhausen. People who like Orange Cassidy don't necessarily like Danhausen. People who like Danhausen like all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered where that was going. Um, <laughs> people who like good wrestling don't necessarily like Danhausen. <laughs> <laughs> In like Smart Mark Sterling, Dan House, and Gun Club versus the Acclaimed. Like, uh, why, are you, why are you adding so many terrible dishes to the buffet? I know. When there isn't, because there isn't, they're waiting on punk status. When there isn't like a big, gripping, serious business, top level program, and it's kind of polluted by a lot of this wholesome content stuff, right? I get a little bit suffocated by it, by the fun. Right? Oh, there's barbed wire wrapped around the microphone. Oh, just make it look like frontier martial arts. Please. <laughs> Please stop having fun. There is too much of this in AEW. There's too much fucking fun <laughs> in AEW. Too much cuteness. Oh, like two dimes. As much as I like your accent. Yes. Why do I, why do I need to see this? Stop being cute and start getting a shape. Is he getting signed as well? He's signed. It's pathetic. Murray it's informed me this morning that effectively he's an AEW original. Apparently, uh, like yeah. he was scouted off dark or something. And it's almost like, we, we got him back! Well, he's been under <laughs> the Tony D'Angelo time. learning tree. And he's, learned all, he's, he's learned all the business. It's already a risk to build the pre- premium pay-per-views by doing star versus designated jobber, whether they're respected veterans, like great working hands, or upstart rookies. Those are the three archetypes that usually lose the stars on TV. But that way, by the time the pay-per-view rolls around, those stars feel like stars because they've amassed so many wins. It's already pretty risky, looking at the recent spate of injuries, that they take this approach. Because I don't want to look back in two years ago. We didn't get Punk Omega. We didn't get Danielson Punk. We didn't get... We didn't get Cody versus Punk. It's already this happened. Has already Cody, happened. This has yeah. already happened. I don't look back and go, oh, they were doing cute jokes about in two dimes on NXT, not <laughs> being dead. Ha, shows you NXT 2.0. They literally show their ass every single episode. <laughs> yes. They don't need AEW to do it on their behalf. So I do get a little bit worn out by this sort of thing. I expect to be amused by this, but does it justify, what, six weeks of this program? No, it doesn't. Do the funny raps. Do some wrestling. <laughs> I get it, you know, like being the elite was never 
there to be like transplanted wholesale onto television. Otherwise, Dynamite always would have been being the elite. It had to be about the meat of it. It was amazing that they set up all in with being the elite effectively. Mm. But let's not forget that like within those skits were highlights of matches that were taking place in Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling. They were using two major wrestling organizations alongside the skits. Yes. It had to be both. Um, so I do understand that. I, this is, you know, absolutely my thing. Of course it is. And it's, I, I don't think the segment can miss. I think either way, whether or not, like, whether or not the guns have got anything, whether they've got chaps or whether it's just, it's all down to Matt's Castle just eviscerating them and you get the tag match announced for next week's Dynamite. And it is the final payoff and we come away from this with the uh, acclaimed as tag team baby faces that you now, you, they're going to have to have these matches where you see that they can go. I'm not sure if they can go, but as baby faces, you're going to have to see if they can or not, because then... Bowens can go. What you, Bowens can absolutely go, but as a team, yeah. have they got enough together to look credible to, say, for example, defeat the Young Bucks in order to get a title shot? That's no. how we should look at all this. <laughs> no, currently so. So you've got to like, try and manifest that, and it starts here, I suppose. Uh, yeah, maybe this would go down better if it wasn't as... Regular. I think I think Cedric's probably onto something there. There's just a little bit too much of it. Too much nonsense. Mm. Mark down the date and the time, because I'm, I'm not going to say this very often. A little lot from Big Show when it comes to this, um, because I want the Big Show John Cena rap battle that we reviewed on the Raw Review recently, where Big Show actually does get some pretty decent lines in and then sells brilliantly mm. for all of John Cena's politically incorrect. <laughs> when you said the Big Show, I thought you meant how the gun club beat him up and then we never saw it again. It was like a one-week <laughs> thing. That was a one-week that, that was the first time I've seen you, as far as I can remember, have that flash of fear with AEW where I came in and was like, what was all that about then? You were like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's happened to this company. What's this? When they just suddenly went, uh, yeah, uh, Billy Gunn's heel and... Uh, Gun Club turned heel on Big Show and it was on Dynamite. <laughs> like, what was that? I was sad. It's like Krusty watching, um, what was it there? Is it the issue in Scratchy where he's still got the tab back in his mouth? <laughs> what the hell was that? It's the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end, that... And uh, hey, the, it's still all right. The beginning of the beginning was, of course, becoming all elite. The rise of AW, which has been written about by that very title by Michael Sidgwick's available on Amazon right now. Indeed, there you go. I'm going to book myself a holiday at the Med and take that book with me. I'd make it. That'd make it a good. Time. Only thing, yeah, that'll make, make your holiday time. decent. Uh, I've written in my notes. Where next. is the Med? What is what is the Med? Is it the Mediterranean Sea? I don't think specifically in the sea. But no, yeah, I know that. Yeah. But is that why? Is that that area? <laughs> I love it. I love it so much when Adam Wilborn like deadpans here. It's like it's because I picked it up off you the other day with the yeah that's his catchphrase mate and it killed me. <laughs> and I'm like I just want to be like daddy now. <laughs> I'm just like that, um, I loved it. I love it when Wilborn deadpans Hamlet because in the nicest possible way, right? You know those uh, gags in The Simpsons where Homer's clever for once <laughs> when, he wears, yeah. when, yeah. when he wears the glasses. It's a little bit like. That. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna miss this. Three weeks, I'm really gonna miss this. That's like, what's, why is it that show? It's like, oh, burn on you, a little bit on me. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> um, so I've written in my notes here, Hamlet, former world champion action, and that's really me trying to manifest. Like, please don't forget that Hangman Page was was world champion because he's getting muddled in a lot of like Dark Order stuff. We had the Silver and Reynolds attack, and then he saves them, and John Silver's still all right to work, and it's him and Silver versus Butcher and Blade tonight. Yeah, it's so he is the ginormous star in this match. You've had the world title. It's AEW, and Hangman Page is in its DNA. So he's of course, feels like this, this major star that's sort of been accidentally transplanted. He is, he is in every way a replacement. You know, like he shouldn't really be in this, but he's helping out because he's still mates with the Dark Order. So they're getting away with it a little bit. But I remember when Hangman Page was world champion and it felt like what he was up to was a little bit inessential. It's even worse when he's not got the belt with him. It's, 
there's, I, I, I don't think there's any excuses anymore. I think even if, and I am, I'm massively, massively, massively on the hook for what's ever going on with the Young Bucks. What's ever happening with the Elite, like I'm completely back in. Elite melodrama, out of nowhere, has become my thing, apparently. And I, a little bit of me is starting to think it's because I'm clinging on for Hangman Page's sake. He has become such an inessential figure. I need to believe that that's on purpose. Otherwise, yeah. what the hell is going on? And it's risky. It is genuinely risky to book like that. We talked about how if you book in a losing streak, you've got to be super careful that you don't make that person a loser. He's not losing matches, but in terms of his presence, in terms of how low stakes everything is involved with this, if you're not watching Young Bucks or you just simply don't have, like, what me and Sidgwick have had in for, what the, lo- what, the longest time now, this investment in the Young Bucks and Page and Omega and all the rest of it, are you really caring about Hangman mm. Page now? Uh, like, not that I'm calling out to the uh, the mythical casual fan to tell me what to think of Hangman Page, but he just doesn't feel like he matters. I am still willing to let it play out, right? With Hangman Page, I just think he's too me, clever. Me too, by the way. Like, it's you know, I think he's still. I think he's too clever. I think he's too important. I just think he does things very, very slowly and subtly. Um, I don't think Tony Khan has lost interest. Um, it's, I'm convinced, going to be one of those things where, oh, that's why Paige was in tie-dye and mm. feeling inessential and all the rest of it. I just, I refuse to believe that this core story around which all of AEW is built, the one single thread, the fluctuating state of the elite, they'll never drop that, and they'll always know when to pick it back up. Uh, I believe in all four men ardently, and it's all going to be fine, as will this match. Um, look, Paige is absolutely fantastic. Silver and the Butcher doing things like should be tremendous. The build of this was stupid, but I'm going to put that down to just Khan and Paige being nice guys and letting John Silver do his um, increasingly excruciating stuff. It's weird, like, as much as I believe in Paige, like Silver's in that kind of best friend's, like, Sphere, where it's like, yeah, I'm absolutely ready for you to turn heel. Like if you turn heel next week, I'd be like, boom, good. That's kind of what you should have done six months ago, mate. See, he really knows tweet yesterday. I think it was. He's, he listens, and his tweets are pretty good for this. Sometimes he tweeted, "Dark Order is fine." Yeah, he causes a riff on when Bullet Club's falling apart, and he knows, he knows how like what the reflection of Dark Order is at the moment. And I wouldn't even be them, them against that. If it isn't already a story, I wouldn't be against them making it a story. Now you've got Anna Jay, and it's not just people getting released in the company or Colt Cabana quietly going to ring him on it. Now you've got Anna Jay turning heel. Mm. You could actively start playing that out a little bit, I think. A straightforward win, though, for Paige and Silver? Yes, it has to be, yeah. Every to week, be. every week, I avoid reading the Rampage spoilers. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> just for that tiny shred of doubt. Just yeah. the tiny shred of doubt. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Uh, now, Jay Lethal has a huge match coming up, of course, but enough about Ric Flair's last match. He's apparently fine for the TV <laughs> title or something. Uh, a death of all desire against Samoa Joe this coming weekend. Before that, though, Sige, it is Jay Lethal versus Christopher Daniels. And I know you've been so eager to talk about this uh, ever since it was teased on last week's Rampage and then confirmed on, on this week's Dynamite. Sorry, I got a message and I get anxious about receiving messages. You know, like everyone hates a phone call. Yeah. yeah. I, my mind is so warped now that every time I get a message, I just hate it. <laughs> I just want to live in the country. Uh, well, I have to turn notifications off, which is really irresponsible as a parent because something bad could be going on. You need to check. But I have to turn notifications off. So, like, basically, I've gained control back of my messages. I'll check my messages when I'm checking them, not like your phone going, bloody- Hey, you, hey, you, shut up. What are you doing? <laughs> when you're bloody good and ready. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I might do that. What was the question? Sorry. Uh, I'm really sorry. You've got to talk about a gentleman's two and a half. Yeah, I've got to ask you a second time. I was scared to ask it the first, to be perfectly honest. Jay Lethal versus Christopher Daniels. Thoughts? Who cares? Who cares? Who could possibly give a toss about this? Sati Singh doing a spinning razor's edge on Christopher Daniels would be pretty cool. (laughs) That'd be pretty cool. But, like, right, this match exists because, hey, Jay Lethal just won. Do you think he might win on (laughs) whatever it is? Saturday, Saturday, yeah. It's like, yeah, uh, maybe, but... I don't know. Like, this is just, like... How long has this lethal Joe stuff been going on for? It feels like an age, it like you said. It feels like, bef- remember, there was a big sort of concern. That's before Dishonor. No, no, no. Oh, um, there was a big concern that when um, they were going through the initial... Oh, so what's happening at Double or Nothing? You know how sometimes it's um, AW has this way of not making everything take shape mm. until, like, three weeks before the show, and you think, oh, this could happen, but maybe it'll twist it or tweak it into this. A lot of people go... Maybe Joe versus Lethal might go on the double or nothing card. And that was ages ago at this point, or what it feels like. Um, it was WrestleMania weekend, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. So, my God. Again, long term. What have they accomplished by doing it for this long? Like, what single thing have they accomplished by making this match go as long as they have? But this few, it's pointless. The only thing I can think of is an injury to Joe. Like, they've, in the end, they've gone, we can't do it Maybe, until... but, like, you can apply what I've just said to so much of what Yeah, I know, you're does. right. There's a take. It's not mine, actually, but um, I think it's really astute. I can't remember. I think it might have been... I don't know, this guy's pretty divisive on Twitter, so I don't want to bring him up. Okay. But basically saying, maybe Tony Khan is absolutely kind of taking the piss with a lot of feuds and just prolonging them for no discernible benefit to the actual story itself 
with one eye on the rights fee negotiation so he can turn around to Warner, his mates there, and say, look, look at the numbers we've been doing, right? Consistency, number one, a lot of times, all the ad sales or whatever, and then look at how many matches I could do. And that's a massive presentation, how they say it in America. <laughs> Parmesan. <laughs> Cilantro. <laughs> uh, I've like, I got this match, I've got this match, I've got this match, I've saved this match, I can build this from this from this. Basically, I've got five years' worth of stuff for the duration of this TV contract. So you know, like, I'm going to be good for it sort of things. That's the only explanation for why stuff like this goes on as bloody long as it does. It's one thing to do CM Punk versus MGF for as long, for Omega and Page, for Bucks FTR and all, all like, the, the great feuds. Joe, Jay versus uh, Joe. What's the, what discernible benefit has this storyline got from friggin' dragging on as long as possible? Jay Lethal versus Christopher Daniels. Like, Rampage is it's not dying. It's still number one on the night, and cable, no one's watching cable in the American summer of 2022. But ultimately, if you look at the fall from where it was to where it is now, it's so B-show. Dry, cold American summer. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's painfully B-show. This match will over-deliver massively if it's a gentleman's three, and you emerge from it thinking, Jesus Christ, Christopher Daniels isn't completely arthritic. And I know that's harsh, but why? How long ago was it when they were like, well, at the end of Christopher Daniels, anyway, on to the next thing. So he, um, if you remember... Over a year ago now. Did, was it not it was Dan, in, it Daniels was and Brian had that really nice yeah, that was dynamite really ring of honor callback? And you think, uh, oh, yeah. Dan, like, of course, Daniels is in it. What people never noticed about Christopher Daniels was he was nearly about 10 full years older than the rest of his field yeah, because of when he broke in and just the fact that he was able to adapt to their style. And to be fair, we're now obviously at some point that gap is going to catch you up. And indeed, he pioneered it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, so it's not we don't say this sort of thing disrespectfully towards him. But when you think of SCU, you just think of three peers, and they're not. Daniels had ten years on Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, and I just think now it has caught up with him, and he's easing into retirement, and he coaches, and then he comes out once every now and then. Your mind immediately goes to a different Daniels, and then you see the guy, and the matches worked at a slower pace, or you need a Brian, or to a lesser extent, and in every sense, lethal is a lesser extent of a Brian to try and work something slightly better out of a Christopher. Da- this is going to be like aggressively fine, but that's the ceiling as mm-hmm. well. Like it's impossible to imagine this is anything other than aggressively fine. You'd be stupid to have higher expectations, and that's not a knock on either of them. I don't think predictable winner, cute enough ROH tie-in. That functions only for a pretty patronizing purpose. Like, Jay Lethal picked up the win. I know it's wrestling. <laughs> still, it's just so boring. It's so B-show. It's so inessential. It's so... We were talking about the... When do, you, when do I wake up on a Saturday? If it's Kingston Danielson, I will set the alarm on a Saturday, knowing that I could watch it at any point over mm-hmm. the weekend because I don't have to pot about it until Monday. If it's Jay Lethal versus Christopher Daniels, I might not watch it at all. <laughs> because I, I fly, uh, all going well, fly on the Monday. I just might not watch this match. I don't have to review it in a professional mm. capacity. Like, what's the point of it, man? Tony Khan needs to learn something from something he's done. Everything's too predictable on friggin' Rampage. <laughs> he needs to learn something from something he's done really, really well this week, right? Have you seen, normally this question is the other way around, I would say no. Have you seen the road to, uh, for the Ring of Honor pay-per-view on Saturday? Yeah, it's awesome. It's absolutely fantastic. You can't do right? it on live TV or even tape TV because these sit-down things don't... They don't yeah, draw, right? Yeah. They don't draw. But 
this thing is awesome because it uses Ring of Honor footage to escalate all the rivalries that they can do. It's like, this means this because of this. Joe uh, and Jay Lethal could have existed having never interacted on television because they use old Ring of Honor footage to tell a fantastic story between the two. Obviously, the Briscoes and FTR have only wrestled in Ring of Honor. Uh, Claudio's pushed for the title. Claudio stood on a ramp and was like, it was an NXT build. You, I'll see you at the pay-per-view. And Gresham's like, all right. And then they found a way to fold in what he did in Ring of Honor as a way to, like, why he needs this title match. Like, there's a lesson here in, I know that you've got these things and you feel like they need to be overlapping properties because Ring of Honor hasn't got a TV deal, but you can do this with videos. And if anything, we were just talking about in the office this morning, it's actually driving people to just, like, reinvest some of their old, like, Ring of Honor, mm. like, emotional investment in things. I've been, like... Looking at kicking around like a few old YouTube clips, they're pretty rubbish, and I'd like to see a proper streaming service again for it. But there, it can be done through videos, and you can get people's investment that way rather than just like not polluting, but you know what I mean, like filling too much AWTV time with these Ring of Honor sub stories. Mm. Jay Lethal to win, oh, yeah, obviously. Nice. Momentum ahead of Saturday. Uh, we've got another um, well, straightforward match just as Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter to wrestle. So they're going to squash two jobbers. It's, dis- it's disgusting. And then basically the, say... the Lickass twins? The Renegades. The Renegades. Sisters. Yeah, them too. Because they're going to do that and then say, we want Thunderstorm and maybe, I don't know, in the immediate aftermath of... Thunder Rose's titles match is next week on, on Fight for the Fallen, isn't it? The, yeah, so it'll have to be after that because they can't possibly do two women's matches on the same <laughs> show. Um... What a complete waste of time. What a completely obligatory... Uh, shut up, man. Get the bloody birds on, because if they don't, the bloody birds and the bloody wolks... It's worse than on not on having a women's on match, on isn't on it, on sometimes? On. Yeah, it is, it is. It, it, it is. Is there any chance that they do something where... So the heels win, obviously. They lay a bit down. It's three on two, because you've got Rebel Not Reba, Reba Not Rebel there as well. Thunderstorm make the save, and then Jamie Hayter clips... Like, chop locks Thunder Rosa, and that puts the title match in doubt on Wednesday. Oh, she's got this bad knee. And at least then they can say, well, Jamie Hayter's done more damage to Thunder Rosa than Britt Baker could. And there's something a little bit, you know... I've prepared to be surprised, but I'm just so sick to tell of a story. This. I'm so sick of this. Like, as you said, it's... To go from the, we are going to be the most inclusive promotion that's ever, ever existed, right? With their genuinely great, um, progressive recruitment of Sonny Kiss and Nyla Rose and you thought, all right, okay, this is pretty damn cool. Yeah. To go from that to oh, the bloody wolves will complain if I don't put a birds match on. That's <laughs> what it feels like. Yeah. That's absolutely, I don't want to be this cynical, but I can't help but be this cynical. No, I, th- I think you've hit the nail on the head. Let's let's talk instead then. It's honestly the, the rampage I've least looked forward to in quite some time. I think it's lined up as dog. Why will one put the rap on it? <laughs> save, save, save me for the right episode. Yes. Um... But we do have Lee Moriarty versus Dante Martin, which is an exciting, more exciting match on paper. And there's the question, I, I'm going to ask you whether or not you think Moriarty's going to turn heel. It's a pretty swift turn. But there's the, the question mark around Stokely Hathaway. Well, here's the thing. This is the one match on this week's Rampage. And in fact, the last however many episodes of Rampage, where I can't call this. Mm. And there's a really nice storyline wrinkle with real potential to accentuate and act, which is what the function of a manager is. Right, so the story is uh, Moriarty is being um, tapped up. Is that the football expert? Yes. He's getting tapped up by... Ashley Cole back yeah, in the day. Yeah, <laughs> by getting tapped up by Stokely Hathaway by saying, like, why are you hanging around with this loser? Like, your career's going nowhere. I can really do things for you. And Seidel was like, get a load of that guy. And Moriarty... He's loving pro wrestling. And Moriarty, Moriarty was doing the whole, well, actually, 
this guy is a bit of a doofus. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's a great hand, but you know, he's uh, a hippie and he's, uh, he's failing me, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. So the idea is that uh, it's like two of Seidel's like guys. Yeah. Um, Mentees. Mentees. About Seidel Darby, this, isn't it? Yeah. So there's a story there. It's going to inform another story. And the, the, the drama is, right, is Moriarty going to um, win in an underhanded way, thus pissing off Matt Seidel, like, and then drawing him into the, the maw of Hathaway? Or is he going to lose to Dante and then go, oh, well, hang on. Maybe I am going nowhere under your direction because this peace love stuff isn't working and I should turn heel. So it's unpredictable on that front. And if you recall, um, they had some absolutely blistering exchanges in that long-forgotten Dynamite Ripper. It's like Leo Rush and yeah. Dante versus Moriarty and Seidel. And the Dante Martin-Moriarty exchange was so good because you're like, all oh, right, Dante Martin is not only the best next high flyer, he's also, on this basis, the next best technical wrestler. Yeah. So this should be great. It should be unpredictable. Maybe I shouldn't be in such a mood because I'm, I'm into this. I'm into this. Yeah, it's maybe it's because of this card that a match like this feels more necessary than it would do normally because we say this all the time, like, AW's got a, th- like a minimum of a three and three quarter, but typically a four star in them every single week. Uh, I'd go lean on Moriarty losing. I know that's the more, uh, it's not as quite a creative way to get there for, um, you know, Moriarty and Hathaway's alliance, but I think he loses. I think that's, like, that's the way. If for nothing else as well, it kind of keeps... It's a bit cliched, but it's it is, fine. Yeah, it is a bit cliched, but it sort of keeps up this, like, Stokely's got this, like, he's really going to bat for Leila Gray, isn't he? So I think he doesn't just believe himself as this like manager of champions i think he thinks he can it's part of his ego he thinks he can kind of pick people up by the bootstraps so it's not just i want something better for you it's like i want something better for you and i'm going to prove that yeah. i can make people as well it kind of feeds into that character more yeah. than just i'm only going to pick the winners i think the plan all along has been everyone really kind of wanted and expected stokely to be partnered with jade immediately mm. so it's like right okay we'll do that but really we think that jade doesn't necessarily need yeah. him and he can really be a benefit to a Moriarty because that act could be sensational and that's what still that's what managers function yes. to do. I'm, I'm, I'm this is the wrestling match I'm most excited on on, on Rampage with the rap battle followed by this. I you know Dante people for people who say like Austin Theory's next big thing guys I'm like Dante Martin's right there. Like look at the talent like if you want to say oh he's a young wrestler you need to watch out for Dante Martin is streets ahead and you the know? rest of that list yeah. <laughs> like you go, and then this guy and then this guy and then this guy and then like two hours later yeah and then theory's pretty good <laughs> but um I I think you're right I think I think Don Dante wins you may even have a moment where Seidel forgets himself and goes in and raises Seidel's arm uh, yeah, raises yeah, yeah. Um, Martin's arm and Moriarty's there on the floor going he and then maybe helps him up and makes him shake Like Roy Hodgson him. retiring as the Watford manager, but it was at <laughs> Crystal Palace where they loved him, so he did a lap of honour after Watford had been relegated. <laughs> Hell of a run. Let's see you again. That's an incredible, <laughs> incredible part from Roy, that was, wasn't it? That was a great movie, actually. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I am fascinated by the potential of, of Moriarty being managed by Stokely Hathaway. And like you say, Jade doesn't need him as much. And, and yeah, this is, this is ideal. But uh, yeah, interesting to see what they do with this. And, and especially, like you say, how this how this reflects in the audience because I've, it, it is a, as much as I'm gimmicking it with the, the rap battles of it, it does look a pretty weak rampage in terms of the stuff we've previewed before of like what's going to be on the show. There's normally like a Moxley's in the main event or something yeah. like that. So 
Oh, right. looks crap, this. Yeah. Look, look, look crap. The death before this on a go-home show. Sure. <laughs> exactly. Just looks <laughs> it's on a fallout. <laughs> weak is the word. Yeah. Inessential, uh, weak, B-show. Gets beat off by his missus. It's embarrassing. It's <laughs> <laughs> no your thoughts. It's embarrassing. Ahead of Rampage tonight John on Twitter. John Maxley. <laughs> <laughs> at what culture? WWE. Uh, why say you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at... Michael Hamlet. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Have a lovely holiday, mate. You can follow all of us uh, at what culture WWE. I'm at Adam Wilborn. What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Smackdown Preview is available right now and WrestleCulture with a hashtag bloody good quiz is coming your way later on today. Uh, but for now, this has been the AW Rampage Preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us and we will see you soon. <laughs>